You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson, at BB Peacock, at Williamson NFL on Twitter. That's where you find us. That's where you can holler at us. That's where you get your questions in for episodes like today's Twitter Tuesday. Training camps are in full swing. We've got preseason games coming this week, Matt, Thursday through the weekend. Uh, we've already had the Hall of Fame game, which was a nice little palette cleanser, I think, to get ready for some, uh, to see some bigger names hitting the field this weekend. So I'm super pumped for that. We've got a little bit of news to get to here. And then we also have a ton of your listener questions on this Twitter Tuesday. My football impression of camp is I really feel all these head coaches are really worried about health. You know, I mean, there's an extra game. We saw that trend before it went to a 17-game season. You know, the Rams didn't play anybody under McVay in the preseason. I think people are they are keeping their stars in bubble wrap for now as best as possible. Absolutely. I think the ratio of the number of snaps per player is at an all-time low, and it already was trending yes. that way anyway pre-COVID, but I think just this offseason, it feels like even more. If you've got anything, you are not in the lineup. And actually, that leads into the, the first topic I want to talk about today. And as of Tuesday morning, we haven't gotten an update yet on Rashad Bateman, the Ravens' first-round wide receiver. Limped off the field early in practice, did not return. Uh, Bateman injured himself, making a cut against Marcus Peters, and then fell to the ground. And there's... There's a lot of worry right now. The vibe right now out of Baltimore is not great with this injury. I feel like there's potential for something. Uh, there's no reports on exactly what it is yet. Usually if it's minor, they'll say right away. We're not getting that yet. The, the non-contact injuries, that, that worries me in training camp. And this is the thing that teams want to avoid. So you hope that's not the case with Rashad Bateman because they're already missing a couple guys in practice. I think Miles Boykin is banged up. Marquise Brown's banged up. We know what Sammy Watkins' history is there. So... Um, that's not a great start to the season with a with sort of an overhauled passing game for the Ravens, right? And clearly, it was a priority. You know, I mentioned the other day that teams are getting a bead on this Ravens offense and begging them to throw outside the numbers. Well, you need better receiver play to do that. And clearly, the Ravens were very aggressive with adding to their wide receiver core, and they have a lot of bodies now. And I think, you know, this time of year, they need to sort out the pecking order and the playing time and the positions and who's all going to see the field. And Sammy Watkins is okay when healthy. I mean, I think he could be valuable when healthy. And Marquise Brown has a very defined role, uh, which makes sense for as much as they run the ball, is scare you deep, get people out of the boxes, you know, and make, you know, compliment that running game. But he doesn't block anybody. Where Bateman, I think, is the total package. And, the Steeler fan and me hated the Ravens getting Bateman because I really like this player. And this is kind of big, you know, I mean, player comparisons are tough and everyone always shoots for the moon with player comparisons, but he could be a Michael Thomas like player, I think for them. I mean, not the volume of breeze to Thomas because they don't throw so much, but I think in the next two, three years, he could be a top 10 type of receiver in this league even. And he was having an awesome camp. That's that's an yeah, even yeah. bigger bummer for the Ravens. And hopefully this is not a serious injury. But 
he was the star of, of Ravens camp and everyone was glowing about him and he was looking like he was going to be a true number one for, I mean, God, you got a young star quarterback getting that guy a true number one receiver for the long haul was so important and he, people were getting excited about it in Baltimore. So you really hope that this isn't serious for Rashad Bateman because he was having a good camp and, and was really, when you look back and under, even though it was a first round pick, an underrated prospect because of the package yeah. he brought together, the the production and the athleticism and height, weight, speed, and, and even threw down at his pro day and had nice times. Like he didn't get a lot of credit versus some of these other top 10 wide receivers. Right. And had sort of a strange COVID year compared to two years ago at Minnesota. Maybe that hurt him a little bit. I think some people thought, is he a slot? Is he outside? I think he's both, you know, as opposed to one or the other. Um, but it's also a pretty deep receiver draft, as always. So he fell a little bit. Um, it's not quite the same because this guy's a rookie and he's not, you know, Jamar Chase. But we've seen so much success when the Bills go trade for Stefan Diggs or Arizona trades for DeAndre Hopkins. Like these developing passers. Get him a number one receiver. You know, Baltimore's failed with that. One more camp note here, Matt, before we get into our Twitter Tuesday questions. And shout out to everybody who's always really involved with these Twitter Tuesdays. They're always super fun. I always look yeah, forward to probably- our Tuesday episodes every week. How about this one? Is the Jacob Eason project already done in Indianapolis? Because it sounds like they've moved on to rookie quarterback Sam Ellinger, who's already getting first team reps with the first team offense. And According to certain reports, maybe Jacob Eason wasn't looking all that great and didn't uh, take that first-team job and run with it while Carson Wentz is out. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Is this Ellinger maybe just being that good as a rookie, or is this bad news for the Colts? Are they going to have to reevaluate this thing here after a, a preseason game or so? I think this is very noteworthy, to be very honest with you, because even before Wentz's injury, Ellinger buzz was all positive. Um, Eason didn't have a preseason, much like Jordan Love and all the rookie quarterbacks that we didn't see, you know, last year. So, yeah, I don't know much more about him than I did coming out of school, and I wasn't a fan then. I can understand why he'd be such a heavily recruited player, but then he lost his job to Jake Fromm in Georgia. Yeah, not the best look, you know, I mean, looking back at things, if you're a, 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 a massive recruit and he's an old school six five six six big armed, heavy footed pocket passer that probably would have been a second or first round pick back in the 80s. But no, Nelson, your left tackle situation is very much in flux until Fisher comes back and maybe even longer while he you know gets his feet back under him. It's not the dominant line that it was, you know, you thought it was going to be. I don't know that I want a pocket passer that's just going to be a statue back there in this situation where Ellinger couldn't be any more different. He's much smaller. He's much more nimble. He's more of a second reaction player, playmaker. But, boy, the biggest takeaway is not a ringing endorsement for Eason. I saw somebody compare him to Jeff Garcia. Today. Ah, nice one. And yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. But that, you know, that prime Jeff Garcia was actually pretty darn good. So if he gives you Jeff Garcia like production while oh, Carson Wentz is out, then you're you're fine. Yeah. But um, I don't know if you should expect that. And I don't know if that's what you're necessarily trying to get is the next Jeff Garcia at quarterback. But if he can make some plays, maybe he is better than Eason. Maybe he gives you a better shot for a couple of weeks when Carson Wentz is back. But at this point, clearly, the Colts have too high of aspirations to put those on the shoulders of a rookie. So 
when they reevaluate Carson Wentz here in the next week or so, if he if he's closer to the twelve week timeline than the five week timeline, I think the Colts got to try to do something. And I don't know if that means Nick Foles or something bigger. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, and from what I understand with that injury with Nelson and Wentz is very soon we should get word if it's five or 12. It's not going to be eight. You know, I mean, it's either one or the other, just depending how they heal post-surgeries. So, you know, if it's five, I think you just weather the storm for a week or so and, you know, you've invested in Wentz and hope he's out there not, you know, doing more damage or too soon. And same with Nelson, of course. But if it's 12 and, you know, you do a preseason game or two with Eason and Ellinger and realize we got no shot, then I think you have to make a move. And we always bring it back to the Niners and Steelers. And I don't know if you agree. And I don't know if they would even go down this road. But as great as the reports have been with Trey Lance, I, I think the Niners would be very happy to unload $20 million of Jimmy Garoppolo for a third-round pick to anyone that would give it to him. I would think so. The 49ers are either doing a really good job of trying to prop up Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value, but they didn't try to do it last offseason, and the plan has always been, we're going to carry this guy because we think mm-hmm. we can win with him now, but how quickly Trey Lance is coming might change that idea, and if somebody comes with the right sort of trade offer, I mean, you just have to consider it if you're the 49ers. Even if that's not necessarily the plan, you got to reevaluate and change that plan maybe Um, because it's... And, like, these guys are going to play. Trey Lance is going to play, you know, eventually. Even if he's not perfect in week one, uh, like, he's going to play. And Justin Fields is going to play, even if he's not perfect in week one. I don't know why we even have these conversations. I mean, (laughs) they always start. Yes, they have to. It, it kind of reminds me of when Bridgewater was a Viking and blew out that his knee with that gruesome injury because that was about this time of year, maybe a little later in the process. And the Eagles traded Bradford to Minnesota, Sam Bradford, for a first-round pick after just drafting Carson Wentz, trading up for him with the second pick. It's pretty darn similar. And, I mean, I don't think – San Fran gets a first for Bradford or for Garoppolo and Minnesota shouldn't have given up a first for Bradford. And I said that at the time, Mm -hmm. but we've seen this this show before is my point. Right. Exactly. And who knows other things could happen in the next week or so. You know, there's injuries every single day, unfortunately in the NFL, we'll see how things uh, end up after the first week of the preseason. If Trey Lance looks good enough, maybe if another team has a quarterback go down, and who knows, there's a couple teams all of a sudden, and the Colts are like, well, wait a second. There was no other suitors for Jimmy G. <laughs> now there's a couple right, teams. Right. Let's see. Uh, maybe we got to do something. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But very, and there's some questions. And here. the Colts with Jimmy G could compete. Yeah, that that's why you would want Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. That's why the 49ers held on to that $26 million salary all offseason, and, and they planned yeah. on him being the starter in week one. I think that's still the plan. And it's it's borderline getting to the point where Kyle Shanahan's almost talking like there's going to be a committee quarterback situation. Like maybe even more committee than breeze with Taysom Hill running onto the field a few times that. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. Like, cause Kyle Shanahan went from, it's going to be Lance's job. Well, here's the thing is Kyle Shanahan went from Jimmy's the one trades the two to last week saying, well, Trey Lance is going to play. 
And so it's like that's where I'm going with this. Give it another week, and they'll be like, "Oh, Lance is good. we got a package for Lance." Yeah. Now Two he's taking now it's going to be like, "Oh, Lance is the man." Yeah, now he's taking he's half the first team reps, and it's like, "Well, now he's going to yeah. take all the first team reps. We just need that call from another team to get rid of that Jimmy Garoppolo salary." And I think there's something that could be worked out with Jimmy G's salary to make it less for the team that picks him up if he knows he's going to start all year for that team. That'll help his value on the free agent market. Maybe knock off True. his contract next year so he hits free agency. So the team's not on the hook for his entire salary and he can get paid again if he plays well, sort of bet on himself. So there, there's some restructuring that could happen there. And I'm sure he'll get asked to take a pay cut by the 49ers if he becomes the backup, in which case I'm sure he'll say, well, let's see if you can trade me first. So that's kind of why it leads down that path to, in my mind of if it's Trey's show, it's Trey's show. And that could be sooner rather than later with the way he's playing right now, even though he's only 21 years old. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And back to the Colts, just to kind of wrap it up. If Wentz is coming back at the, the shorter end of that timeline, cool, weather the storm, give it back to him. If not, I would also consider Brissett or Mariota if they could be had. Yes, yeah, you, you got to look at all Got to look at all the options. Yeah, I don't want Nick Foles, though. Yeah. Nick Foles is like the, well, we don't like Eason or Ellinger's not ready, but we know Wentz is coming back soon, so let's get a guy. That's that yeah. move. Uh, if it's a serious, if, it, if it's half the season... You almost got to do a little more, I think. I do too. I, I mean, as opposed to doing foals, I'd rather punt on the season and, you know. Right. Or, yeah, just say, look, let's play the rookie. Let's develop our next backup quarterback, then go into the draft with a high first round pick. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Let's get to these Twitter questions next. We got some good ones, some about quarterbacks. And by the way, speaking of Ellinger, that's, that's another guy I'm looking forward to seeing now in those preseason games. Tomorrow, what do you say? Tomorrow, do you want to do our episode of the, the players we're most looking forward to seeing in the preseason yeah, games? Yeah. Right. Come up with maybe 10 each, something like that. Yeah, I like each, it. Something along those lines. Different positions, yeah. too. Not just all rookie quarterbacks, because, of course, we want to see all those guys and, and get deeper into some depth charts and some other positions on NFL rosters. But let's talk Twitter Tuesday questions next. Some fresh new odds from betonline.ag. If you're getting antsy and you want to put your money on something involving the NFL season, there's a lot of fun ones. New odds for who will be the Colts starting quarterback in week one. Favorite there, minus 125 for Jacob Eason. Nick Foles can get some 3-1, to 5-1 to one for Brett Hundley. Even greater odds for maybe a trade for Marcus Mariota or Phillip Rivers coming out of retirement. What about Jimmy G and Cam Newton at 12-1? to 1? Who will be the Texans starting quarterback? Broncos, Teddy B or Drew Locke? What about the Saints, Patriots, 49ers, and Bears? I think you know who's going to be a starting quarterback. There's a lot of jobs up for grabs right now in the NFL. You can get in on that action at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Head on over to the website. Use promo code Locked On. You can sign up today on a desktop or the mobile app. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online with promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's stick with the quarterback talk here. This one from JDS. Will Jalen Hurts be the Eagles' starting quarterback week one, 2022? I say no. I also say, and that. I feel very strongly about it. To be very honest, I don't think it'll be anyone starting quarterback. I think it'll be Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson's backup, or um, there for uh, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I think that's an aggressive organization with a lot of guns in their and there are a lot of bullets in their gun to go get the next guy. And I think Hertz will be up and down. I'm not saying he's gonna be terrible, but I think he'll be up and down. And you can't pass up the opportunity to clearly upgrade over them next offseason. So 
So no. But they haven't even named him the starter this year, and he's weird. You know, he's the starter. He's the first team guy. But reports haven't been glowing out of Eagles camp. And in fact, according to some reports, Nick Mullins has outplayed Jalen Hurts in Eagles camp, which is not great. That's no, um, not so great. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. They're going to bring in a new quarterback, most likely a high end quarterback next year, whether it's trade, whether it's in the draft, and they have that extra draft capital. So Jalen Hurts. You know, he could be a stopgap guy, just like we talked about with some of the rookie quarterbacks this year. Maybe he is starting week one, but it's not his job in 2022. So I'm going to still say no. I'm going to say no. I just think there's too many avenues that could end up being an upgrade for them, and they have the, the resources to go down those avenues. This one from Mike. Who are the most likely teams to be 0-4 and 4-0? and Hmm. I'd have to study schedules, to be honest with you. I think that's a big part of it. Without um, looking at schedules, I would say the right. 0-4 is clearly the Houston Texans, and I almost don't care who they're playing. Yeah, uh, Detroit Lions yeah. would be high up there. I think the Lions have a pretty difficult schedule, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah. I know the Raiders have a very difficult schedule. I don't know that that's 0-4 territory. The Colts that we just talked about, I know, has a very difficult schedule. And if they don't have Wentz... And even they do have Wentz. I mean, we're talking about Wentz like he's Superman. I mean, there's a lot of questions around him if he's 100% healthy. They could be 0-4. Um, here's one. Here's so, teams like a going, lot of change. I, I just pulled up the Lions schedule. So here's their first four games. Home against the 49ers. On the road against the Packers. Hosting the Ravens on the road against the Bears. Whoa. It's not great. Not great. I mean, no matchup for them is great. Sometimes even bad teams, though, those those home games against a division opponent, actually both their division games are on the road, though. Packers and Bears are away games because, you know, a lot of bad teams even get those wins against their division opponents. You play them so much, you know them so well. I think you can even the playing field sometimes in those matchups. But still, yeah, uh, that's a that's a good candidate for 0-4 right there. I have the schedule grid in front of me. Here's a couple that come to mind. I mentioned Vegas. They host the Ravens in opening week. Go to Pittsburgh, host Miami, go to the Chargers. Not so great. I could see that being an ugly start for sure. How about Minnesota as a surprise 4-0 and team? Cincy, Arizona, both on the road, Seattle, Cleveland at home. Nah, that's probably far-fetched. But I know their schedule's not super difficult to start the season. That's not impossible. No, not impossible. For another 0-4 uh, team, Philadelphia at Atlanta, at home against San Francisco, at Dallas, at home against Kansas City. Yeah, that screams 4-0. Pretty rough. Or 0-4. Yeah. Um, I, I think you have to mention Tampa, although they're at the Rams and at New England, which I bet Belichick will have a little something up his sleeve in the first four. But they just have such continuity. I mean, Tampa and Buffalo, to me, are two that have very little change from last year. And the Bills probably beat the Steelers in week one. They probably go to Miami and win that game, although heat could be a problem. You know, it, going to Miami early in the year is no fun. Host Washington, host Houston. I like Buffalo to be 4-0. I like Buffalo, but actually looking at Washington's schedule, that Buffalo game is tough on the road, but Chargers, you know, winnable game. Week one, you get the Giants week two, Buffalo, then at Atlanta. Like that's With that defense, that's a team that I think could win a few games early in the year. That's a, that's a team that we're going to be looking at, I think, as, uh, as a serious contender at some point during the season. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, uh, I, I was really trying to come up with teams that had very little change or a lot of change, which goes back to the theory. If teams aren't playing all their stars in the preseason and keeping them in bubble wrap, that first month of the season could be rough for teams with a lot of turnover. I like. How about this one? How about the darkest of horses to go four and The Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL last year, with the number one overall pick. You get a college coach in, jolt of energy with your new young mm-hmm. franchise quarterback. If Trevor Lawrence hits the ground running. He's got some weapons on offense. At Houston, Denver, if Denver doesn't get their quarterback situation right, that's a winnable game. Arizona, and then at Cincinnati. That would be something. I mean, I don't know if I I would predict 4-0 there, but just a a team that's going to have a lot more wins. Just, I mean, just... It could be. They have have 3-1. You know, Lawrence's stock would be through the roof. Everyone would be going crazy. Here's a dark horse one, too. How about New Orleans to be 0-4, 1-3? A lot of change. No Michael Thomas. Hosting the Packers. Go to Carolina. Go to New England. And then you host the Giants, which you'd think they'd win. But they might be in a bad place. I mean, quarterback controversy. No Thomas. Not a lot of depth. Uh, the Saints worry me a little bit. And, you know, to go along with that, one of those teams, the – Saints are playing week two. How about a dark horse to go four and zero? The Carolina Panthers. Jets, I looked at that one. Yeah. New Orleans, Houston, Dallas. Yeah, very possible. At Dallas looks tough, but you know it's not. That could be a shootout. I mean, there's no little question about that. I don't want to sound. Yeah. I don't want to sound homerish here, but I feel like the 49ers, They have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. There is a tough couple of games in the first four, but they've got. Yeah. They start off at Detroit, at Philadelphia, then they get two good teams at home. Packers. And Seahawks, but those are home games at least. So maybe, yeah, that that could be a four and zero team for you. Um, if you work out some kinks those first two weeks against lesser opponents, yeah, you know, like the first two weeks, yeah, it starts slow, and you could still win those two games, and then unleash Trey Lance and some packages that Green Bay and Seattle haven't seen yet in weeks three and four. Start having a little bit of fun there. Yeah, Tennessee will probably be my last one to throw out there. Hosting the Cardinals, they're favored in that one for sure. They go to Seattle. That's the stumbling block. Host the Colts, which they have to be favored in if they're playing right now. At the Jets. And then the fifth week at Jacksonville. So that could be a 4-1, and 5-0 and oh start for the Titans. It's a lot easier to find, a te- find teams that I think might go 0-4 oh than 4-0. Oh. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we can look at Tampa and KC. And, right. And I, I, Tampa's, Tampa's probably where I put my money. Dallas, mm-hmm. Atlanta. Uh, at the Rams is tough. Uh, at New England is always going to be difficult, and I think the Patriots are going to be better. But you know, Tampa's probably very high on the list for a team that could go four and zero. I'll throw one more out here, and I talked about uh, some other teams beating them early in the season, but I actually like the way that the schedule starts for the Denver Broncos. Now, quarterback is the big thing there, but at New York Giants, at Jacksonville, and they're at home against the Jets. Then Week Four is tough in Baltimore, but they they could absolutely be three and zero going um, when they host Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely could. Uh, a big thing I always look at for Denver and their schedule is I love when they have home games the first two weeks because they have a great winning percentage. No one's in shape. You go to the thin air. They can't breathe. So I don't love that they're on the road those first two weeks. So it nullifies a little bit of their advantage. But that doesn't mean week three, the Jets won't be huffing and puffing in the Mile High you know, city. Right. 
Absolutely. Okay, good yeah. stuff. I think we almost named every single team in the league there. Good Maybe job. I kind of brought up about <laughs> 20 teams, right? Uh, fantastic. <laughs> that is very good stuff. Um, let's see here. There is a question here about Dynasty football that I want to throw at you real quick, and okay, it is yeah. from Brandon. In a Dynasty startup, is there merit to trying to trade out of the first round and accumulate more picks in rounds two through five? It's funny you mention that because Locked On Dynasty this week, we do this to start every month. We go and we check average draft positions for startups because they, they change month to month and Dynasty League football accumulates all this data. And Ryan and I had a really good conversation about in startups right now, one quarterback league, McCaffrey's the first pick. And then it's like Taylor, Cook, Kamara, and all those guys to me, with the exception of probably McCaffrey, are trade downs. I mean, if I'm like picking third, fourth, Cook and Kamara are wonderful, but what are they going to be worth a year from now or two years from now? You know, like, uh, I, I think there's a lot of merit to do it. And it's a, to answer this question as a rule of thumb, every startup I've been in, I have tried to make it a priority to trade back very early in the draft and people don't think about it, but like, give me a fourth round pick in this draft. That's a great player. I mean, that's a great player for dynasty and give me your future first. And, you know, like it's a great time to pick up future picks. Everyone's so excited to go trade up to go get, I don't know, Najee Harris or Justin Jefferson or some bright shiny thing. But if you can get three strong assets for that pick, Trading down is a wonderful thing to do early in dynasty startups. Running backs are so important for fantasy football, but the shelf life is so short, right? You just yeah. think about someone like if you would have drafted Todd Gurley, right, in twenty in your 2017, 2018 startup, and then he's worth nothing a year or two later. Like you could have traded yeah. down and had all of these, you know, Amari Coopers who are is, like Amari Coopers from the same draft class as Todd Gurley. Right, right. And, like, and he keeps you competitive with all those type of guys. He's going to play 10 years longer. Nelson Aguilar yeah. is more valuable right now than Todd Gurley from that same draft class. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Gurley would have been an easy first-round pick just a couple of years ago in the startup. And, you know, here's a real extreme example. But the last startup I did was a couple months ago. And I had the fifth or sixth pick. And I was torn between Najee Harris and Cam Akers. And I homered it up and I took Harris. But what if I take Akers? I mean, shot, oh, done, yeah. boom. So quickly. I've got him in a yeah. keeper league too. And now it's like, well, Brittle. that's not one of my keepers now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, at least you can get out. You can get out of it a little bit. You know? Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good stuff. Let's uh, keep this rolling. Finish up our Twitter Tuesday next. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for 
the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Here's a good one from Joshua, and I really like where Joshua's head's at here, Matt. He said, if the 49ers played the Steelers in a London game, would the two of you consider making the trek over here? And I did not realize Joshua was across the pond there. So uh, shout out to all our international listeners. And I love hearing from folks uh, outside of the outside of America and outside of the country when it comes to these podcasts. And there's always so many of them and it blows me away. So fantastic stuff. And yeah, that'd be awesome. Because I've still never hung out with Matt Williamson in right. person. And that needs to happen sometimes. Yeah, that needs to happen, whether it's in Pittsburgh or San Francisco or Las Vegas or the Combine or Mobile, Alabama or wherever it is, that needs to happen. But London, how about that? That'd be a fantastic one. And that'd be a really cool trip to make to go to London and see a football game. So that's definitely a bucket list thing for me that I've not done. That would be really cool. And there's a ton of listeners out there, uh, Dave included, who replied to this that said he'd love to have a beer with us. So yeah, let's do it. Let's go find a pub and have some warm beer in London. They serve, oh, it, they serve it warmer over there, Matt. Do you know what that's all about? I think it's room temp or slightly above from what I've been told. And from what I understand, it's a lot more drinkable and they laugh at us with cold Miller lights and, you know, like that's not even beer. I think they just kind of scoff at us, which I can understand their point of view. <laughs> they, you know, yeah. Look, let Americans do some things that are, that are scoffable. I, I will, I will give right. them that for sure. Let me address this over real quick. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, I, I mentioned, you know, Ryan McDowell and I had hosted that dynasty podcast for like 10 years First time I ever saw him in person was the most recent combine. First time I ever shook his hand. You know, we did a million podcasts together. So definitely you and I have to make that happen somewhere, some way. Maybe somebody can get you to a combine or a Super Bowl we all go to or whatever. But I, this isn't a fact, but they are long overdue and there's a formula for it. The Steelers are pretty close to guaranteed to being a across the pond team next year. And it's been a while. And the last time they went, they sent everybody that does my job for them. So if the Steelers are play, if it comes out that the Steelers are an international team and they really do, uh, there's a very good chance I'll be there and not on my dollar. So I don't know if the Niners are due or what, but I'm not sure why you mentioned the Niners, but the Steelers are due. I love it. And uh, if it's on somebody else's to- dollar, even better. <laughs> Right, right. If I if they send me to Europe for four or five days or whatever and do radio shows and walking around there, that'd be awesome. Let's finish this up with, uh, maybe we'll get, get a couple more in here. Let's go to George. He says, why is it not more acknowledged that the Chargers have drafted three star quarterbacks in a row? Breeze, Rivers, Herbert. The team traditionally has awful luck, and yet this is the rarest and most important luck to have. Um, yeah, the, the Breeze-Rivers thing is something that I don't think we talk about enough, how they Kind of made a bad move by moving on from Breeze, but then they still hit on on Rivers, who who might be going in the Hall of Fame here in four or five years. And then Herbert, I, I wouldn't call him a star yet, but he's certainly on that star path. And, and it might be very short order that we're like, yep, he is another superstar quarterback. But that is pretty amazing. And the fact that they haven't won a lot with those star quarterbacks. Yeah, and I'm old enough to remember Dan Fouts, too, who they drafted in the late 70s, and he was a superstar through the 80s. Again, no Super Bowls, but a lot of playoff success and the best offense in the league. They were the greatest show on turf before the greatest show on turf. And how about this for the Breeze draft, though? I mean, 
they took Tomlinson with the first pick and then come back at the end of the second or beginning of the second round to Breeze. You know, so nice work, obviously, picking at the top as well as the Herbert pick. You mentioned the Rivers situation. Part of me thinks that's adds the frustration, though. It's not like the Bears who've never had a quarterback. Yeah, and and I quote Mike Sando a lot. He does great work, and he did some homework on the Chargers over a large stretch of this time, and I think it was mostly over Rivers' career. And he came up with some stats, metrics, however you want to call it, that they were basically the worst special teams in the league over a long stretch, were really low in defensive metrics, address the offensive line amongst the worst, the the least in the league. So there's some blame here, (laughs) you know, great. That's wonderful. You got the quarterback, but you got to do other things too. make that, that quarterback's life a little easier. It's amazing actually, because most teams, it's the opposite. They're like, gosh, we just can't find that quarterback. And the Chargers are over here wasting quarterbacks for for darn near 20 years. Um, not wasting. Yeah. I mean, they won some games, not but wasting, they didn't win right. enough. They didn't win late into January. Uh, they they weren't playing games in February. So uh, I, I think, yeah, you, you're you're exactly right with that. Um, it's it's amazing, too. They, they passed up on a they, – they let a Hall of Famer go from in-house, which doesn't happen. Like, I can't think of another career like Drew Brees. Like, I guess Brett Favre would be the, the other one where yeah. – but, but – Breeze already Everett, played though. well in the NFL. Favre was just like this gunslinging second-round pick that hadn't really been a guy yet for the Falcons when he ended up in Green Bay. So uh, the the Breeze Young's court of sort of in that mold. Yeah, there you go. Steve Young's a good one, but it had failed. Like Breeze was already good. He did have the shoulder injury good, too, right. but it's, it's wild. And and how would Breeze's career have gone if he stayed in San Diego? And you know. Sean Payton would have ended up with a different quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And I said a lot of bad things about the Chargers there. But one narrative I think gets a little overblown, and I'm a huge Rivers supporter, and I think he is a Hall of Famer and an underrated player. But it does come across sometimes we'll say Rivers had nothing around him. Tomlinson and Gates and Vincent Jackson. I mean, there's some other Hall of Famers, those first two, Tomlinson and Gates, that Rivers had most of the career. I mean, mm-hmm. so the cupboards haven't been entirely bare. I mean, even the Ryan Matthews of the world, remember him? Like he was good for a while. It wasn't like it's been junk around him completely. The lines have always been a little suspect though. An all-time draft. That was the same draft, right? Where they went Tomlinson round one, Breeze round two? Or was that as the... what? Same draft as what? Same... That was the Vic draft. Or is that the Ryan? Are you saying is that the Ryan? Matthews Which draft? year did did Thompson get drafted the same year as Drew Brees? Was that the same? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, okay. that that draft went Vic one, Tomlinson two, I think, and then they were able to wait until the very you know beginning of round two and took Drew Brees. Yeah, amazing draft. Not there. bad. A couple Hall of Famers back to yeah. back to start. <laughs> Not bad, right? And Dan didn't have a ton to show for it, I guess, in the end either. And they still had Seau. They should probably have more wins the more we talk about it. You know. I know. It's, it's actually worse than I thought. More big wins, right? Yeah. Wild. wild probably should have got some Chargers. kind of ring there or something. The yeah. Chargers are coming, though, man. I, I really like what's going on with the Chargers right now. I agree, and I think I can't wait to watch their coach. You know, our, our exercise for tomorrow of watching young players, I'm just going to take guys that were either drafted this year or next year, and I'm going to go down. I'm not taking all first-rounders. But really – 
Staley's who would be high on my list. I mean, and you're not going to find any out in the preseason, but he's the coach that I'm going to focus on the most early this year. If he's legit, if he's Stefanski legit, the Chargers might be a, to- a totally new animal. It could be the biggest switch from just plugging in one coach to a team that already has some talent and yeah, then watch yeah. that thing take off. I agree. I think it's possible. Fantastic. Matt and I back tomorrow. We will cover everything going on in the NFL, all preseason, all season, all offseason long tomorrow. Who we're looking forward to seeing in these preseason games. Every team kicking off this weekend. We got it covered for you right here. Peacock and Williamson.